Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another exciting Minecraft discussion, Mind with a D craft discussion today on this glorious day. My name is Kimberly Quinn, and I'm just super pumped to have this discussion on, you know, what does it mean to be well? And, you know, I'd like to, to sort of start off right out of the gate with a quote by Sean Aker, who's the author of The Happiness Advantage, actually a book I use in my Minecraft class. But anyway, when, when Sean talks about, you say, what is well-being? Or I'd rather phrase or talk about it as, what does it mean to be well, right? Sean Aker says, the absence of disease is not health. You know, I think we can get so focused on, you know, everything going wrong. And just because, this, you know, we get a window of this stuff that isn't going wrong doesn't mean that we are necessarily healthy, you know? So, there, so there's just, there's a lot out there right now about wellness and well-being and, and there's even some sort of micro arguments as far as whether we should have, you know, well-being should have a dash or be dashless. There's just a lot of talk out there and the world wellness for me brings my mind sort of straight to geriatric aqua aerobics. You know, I kind of, I kind of envision, you know, adorable seasoned you know, chatty older women who have, uh, having a glorious time in an indoor hotel pool. You know, I picture them with, uh, you know, kind of old school flower bathing caps and floating around, uh, you know, with colorful no noodles, having just a grand old time, basically the poster, the poster for healthy aging and, um, well being though, on the other hand versus wellness, and obviously they're very related, but well being on the other hand, to me, suggests that we be in italics well, because, uh, well, this means that while we're in this present moment state of being, which is all we have, right? We've talked about that a gazillion times. You know, we allow ourselves, you know, to, to reside in the past or future. We're not right away. We're not well. So this means we're all in the present moment state of being that we do this well. And really what's being implied here is that there's a certain level of awareness and I would say commitment and effort. You know, uh, being well is not a spectator sport for sure. So well-being, at least to me, is about feeling good in your skin, you know, the high majority of the time. Nobody feels good a hundred percent of the time, but feeling good in your skin most of the time. And th this means, or um, this is about knowing who you are and knowing your value as a person. You know, I talk a lot about this, about, you know, uh, mirroring your own value, mirroring the value of other people. Uh, you know, it, it, there, it, the, knowing our own value is, is the number one because everything else comes out of there, right? So to be well also means to live in a place of non-judgment, and take a deep breath there with yourselves and others as much as possible with emphasis on as much as possible, because we all get sucked in the most self-aware of us get sucked in. And I, I think yeah, I have uh, something I like, I like to say that, you know, much like the, uh, the vampires in twilight, if you've seen that movie, you know, they get really kind of crazy when they're about to take a bite. Right. So I think of the vampires in twilight when, you know, with the judgment thing, because judgment can taste so sweet. We take that initial bite, but this, you know, 
pretty soon wears off and then we feel empty because on some level we know that's not cool it hurts people right and or even if it's us we're judging we're hurting ourselves and there is no really nothing worse we can do for ourselves and abandon ourselves so that's a real big ouch and this is why practicing being in the moment non-judgmentally takes practice just like anything else and we've said over and over for all different in all different contexts that what we practice, you know, we inevitably get good at, right? I mean, it's just how it is. It can be playing soccer, cooking, and it can be all the negative things too. You know, I'd say robbing banks is kind of extreme, but, um, you know, practice, you know, doing whatever habit that's not good for you, then uh, same thing. We, we get good at what we practice. The brain loves repetition, loves patterns and loves repetition. So um, knowing our value also allows us to uh, buy that new pair of jeans without feeling guilty. You know, I, I, my, my memory of that, which I've talked about before is when I was a young mother, it's definitely not a thing now. Cause I've gotten, I've worked through that, but back when I was, you know, my mom and the, the five kids at home, it's just, and it's, and it's, and I'm not saying be a reckless spender either, but you know, a pair of jeans on sale for, for 30 bucks. And I'm not saying 30 bucks at times can't be a lot, it was just back then, it's like I could always pay the electric bill, the plumber bill. I don't know. It just seemed like day camp. And in reality, I could have gotten the pair of jeans. I'm not, we certainly weren't wealthy at that time with me staying at home, but the, I could have made the stretch as the point. And I wasn't quite there yet. And and um, it feels so good when you do get there for sure. So knowing our value also allows us to splurge on an expensive glass of wine instead of going with the cheaper house wine like we like we usually do. I just did a um I'm on I'm on the gram Instagram now for I'm doing stuff for for Champlain and it's also just fun, but it's all well-being related stuff. And I took a picture of this gorgeous wine rack that I've never seen one like it, honestly. Even even in my in, even in my travels around Europe, I I mean, I've seen ton of, tons of gorgeous wine racks. Some very rustic and cool looking. This one was just the tallest, biggest, widest, sparkliest. The guy needed a ladder to climb up. Some woman, she says, oh, I'll have that one. And it was literally at like the 14 foot mark. And so out comes the ladder, up the guy goes. Thankfully, she didn't change her mind. That would have, that could have been an all night thing. But, but the symmetry and everything, it was, it was artwork in a sense. And uh, so I took a picture of that and the post was about this very thing that to splurge, live a little. And I'm not saying to live, you know, to rec recklessly spend or you know, to live on the edge or anything like that. And it doesn't have to involve money necessarily. This was just the example. And how many times, and that's not that my husband and I go out to dinner very much, actually. He's diabetic. I mostly cook at home. But occasionally we, we go out to dinner and, uh, you know, they'll come around with, you know, like I like Cabernet Sauvignon. I say, okay, and that's the $7 or something. Well, we have a special. It's a Bordeaux from France for eight fifty. Well, why would you say no to that? It's $1.50 more. You know, not saying $1.50 can't be a lot at times. Um, but to make that stretch and have the great wine that they're, that they're trying to run themselves out of, which is probably what they're doing, grab it. Just grab it. Live a little. Because when we splurge, when we splurge, it kind of confirms our own sense of worthiness, that we know our value. And it doesn't mean you've arrived and you're fully there, you know, hundred percent good in your skin, if that's even possible. Right. Um, it means that you're, that you're on your way and you are knowing your value. 
You're getting to know your value. You're knowing your value. Yes, I will have the wine that's on special for $1.50 more. Thank you so much. And also the whole worthiness thing, it's wrapped up in, um, you know, and knowing our worth is when we, is how we accept compliments. You know, sometime, and I remember being, this was decades ago, and I remember my good friend, Dr. Dave, talking about it, like, look me in the eyes, let's have some eye contact. And he had me breathe. This is, goes way back when I was in college at St. Mike's and just, you know, I did something well. I don't remember what it was now. It might've been a ski race or a something I could, I don't know. But he was said, look, you did a really great job with this. Or I also did a bunch of speeches at retreats. It could have been that. And he said, come on, you did a great job. I want you to look me right in the eyes and breathe deeply. Let the good in, let the good feels in, let them in. And I remember at that time, it was so hard for me because you're aware of my backstory with the, the very turbulent, you know, violent, shaming past. And I was still it very much still in it then. I was just starting my journey. And it was so, I knew that it felt good. I just didn't know what to do with it. And I felt so uncomfortable because there was such a dissonance going on in my mind. Like I wasn't used to hearing that, and you know, and it was genuine. He was, he was trying to, you know, trying to convey how well I had done. And gosh, I'm, I'm so grateful for him anyway. We continue to be, you know, dear friends, you know, since I was 18 and now he's 79. My gosh. Uh, but that was like sort of the beginning of my journey and learning to be become comfortable with the uncomfortable. And then obviously, again, the practice thing again. So even now, sometimes I'll walk across, you know, Champlain campus and I have loads of people just, you know, we, we're, we're a very positive, you know, community. And we often say you know, nice things to each other just all day long. And I still, even though it's much easier now, I still can kind of hear uh, my friend Dave in my head saying, stop and breathe. And I, again, it's easier, but I'll stop and give that person who's saying this nice thing about a presentation I did or my wild pants that I wear or something. And I'll just breathe it in. I'll breathe that per- person's intentions and that they're taking the time their life minutes to say something nice to me and appreciate me and express this, this compassion and this love to me to take the time since they're taking the time to say it, to take the time to receive it. We've talked about that with the present, somebody bringing a present over. If you don't acknowledge it, you put it on a coffee table, get to it later. You're not appreciating it. So I stand in the center of campus, opening that verbal gift and just breathing. I literally breathe deeply and let it in. And that's what it takes. That's what it takes along the well-being lifestyle, the well-being track, the Minecraft um, track and lifestyle is to really let these good feels in because the brain, the brain loves, 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 loves patterns and repetition. We've got to train the neurons, you know, by telling them what to do constantly, just like a two-year-old over and over and over again, redirecting behavior, redirecting behavior eventually the two-year-old gets it that you're the boss. Well, it's not different with the brain. Not at all. Got to keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Eventually, just look at it like with the toddler, the tantrum stops. It could be exhausted on the floor, sprawled out. They're banging the fist and now they're maybe asleep. Okay. What's well, kind of the same with the brain. If it's just not letting in the good feels, resisting, resisting, resisting with its fists, eventually it, it lets go and you're the boss. Okay. I guess you did a great job on the presentation. Okay, so so far to for me to be well means to feel comfortable in your skin the high majority of the time, which involves knowing your own value, feeling that that 
sense of worthiness. And then secondly, is to be able to accept compliments. And again, we're not talking about, you know, you're one, you know, you have both feet across the finish line. I'm not even sure that happens, but you're, but you're running the race, you're running the race and you're a work in progress. And then, and then lastly, it's about, um, being, being well has to do with being able to set boundaries respectfully, appropriately, and not feeling an ounce of guilt about it. Not giving a fat rat's ass if people get upset with you, because here's the thing. I think it's Brene Brown who says that she does a lot of work on boundaries is that the only people, maybe it's Oprah, maybe it's both of them. The only people who get upset with you when you finally stop the people pleasing and set boundaries are the people who benefited from it benefited sort of from, from the weakness. We're not saying weakness of character. We're saying weakness in this way of being able to set boundaries because you just weren't there yet. Not there yet. Now you're getting there. You're on your road to strength and people respect strength. When you can say respectfully and politely, you're not saying now, unless maybe they deserve that. I don't know. But in general, just respectfully and politely. Can you, can you bake brownies, you know, for the PTO next month? Well, Actually, I did it last month, so maybe you might want to ask somebody else. And we're not saying it rudely, or um, maybe can you do whatever on Saturday night? Well, actually, and, and without having to come up with bullshit, too. Come up, coming up with something that, that, that the person can't say no to without being a jerk. Like, oh, I have a sick kid. If you really don't, you're making it up. Just say, you know what? Actually, I've gone full tilt this week, and I'm going to take Saturday for myself. I'm just going to, I just want to be in the house and read and you know, rejuvenate. And so, no, I'm sorry, but I, I just can't do that right now. I'm not even the, I'm sorry, that part, because you don't even need to apologize. Take that back. Just no. I'm going to, I'm going to have a self-care weekend, but thank you for asking maybe some other time. Very, very important because, because here's the thing. When we know our self-worth, we can do this. We know, we know our limits. I can do this, this, and that, and still feel good. Okay. What we don't want to do. And obviously there are those fluky, fluky, big life situations. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the regular every day because people will continue to request your life minutes. And you got to be, once, once we sort of know our self-worth, we get that these are limited. They're not in, in an endless supply and there's nothing more valuable to us. They're our most valued commodity. If you can even say commodity, right? Our most valued commodity. Once we get that, we hopefully are becoming very selective as far as how we use these or, or spend these. So, so somebody who's, who is being well, again, knows their, has the feeling of worthy, worthiness, knows their value, is able to set boundaries without feeling guilty. And, and they, you know, because we know our limits, I can do this, this, and that still feel good. But this, if I go one inch further, I'm going to feel drained, depleted, and that could lead me into a place of resentment. I mean, you're not telling this all to the person, I guess you could, but really, do you just know it in your head? If I, you know, we know how we feel. If you go an inch past it, we're no good to ourselves or anybody else. So basically, um, this is what it means to be well. It's about a solid sense of self-worth. So what is well-being? We just talked about it, and I think it's best said. We can talk about the dash or the no dash. Personally, personally I like the dash. I don't know, one word, it just kind of hurts my head a little bit. But uh, it's a good word, well-being, with the dash. And uh, really what we're talking about, remember, is how to be 
kind of in mental italics, how to be as in the present moment well, how to do it well, meaning not perfect, that's a bad word, dropping the P word in general is is worse than dropping the F-bomb, so progress, not perfection, be well to set the bar, do your best to everything we discussed, and when it comes right to it, comes right down to it, being well is about knowing our value and having that and knowing that that sense of uh, our own original worthiness. So that is it. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off from the drizzly and raw and contemplative northern Vermont as we ease our way into spring. Have a mindful day.